business relationships are transactional. But that's what I also always don't like about business relationships is they usually start with that. Let's go. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Yeah, why are you smiling, JR? I've got John Robinson back on the show. So for those of you who listen to the podcast uh, consistently, um, I do a lot of short episodes. This year for 2000, whatever, 23, I'm committing to at least 20 long episodes. So JR, I'm going to have you on. We're going to be doing this probably a couple times a month. I'm looking to have Luke on. Um, and that's already over 20 and I, I'm, I'm hoping to have other guests on too. So that's a quick open of understanding what we're doing and why, and why this episode isn't two minutes long for anyone who's used to listening, but this is the way we used to do it. What are you drinking, JR? Uh, Stella. Oh, Stella. Uh, yeah, so hold on. I got a, in the spirit of popping bottles. Yeah. I got, I got no bottle to pop. Unfortunately, I got a can. A funny story here. Okay, so I'm I'm drinking a Fancy Papers Hazy India Pale Ale. It says by Cigar City Brewing. This was I had a 12 pack as a Christmas gift for my oldest son Michael. <laughs> what? So you know you're old once you started getting alcohol as a gift from your children. Oh my. Gosh, that is, you are old. Because he's old enough. It's it's not like he's 12 years old and he went and got me a 12-pack. Right. But anyway. Oh, no. Here we go again. My pour is awful. Not mine. I remember I used to pour. Like I could work in a bar. You used to work in a bar, didn't you? I did. I did. All right, so while that's settling and before I can actually cheers or anything, who is the pubcast for? Yeah, who's it for? When you think about when we were doing the podcast years and years ago, you probably had an intended audience. Who is, who is it for? Man, that's a really good question, my friend. Because also, I feel like you know I'm trying to define just who my content is for generally. Um, that that's evolving a little bit, mainly just because marketing is evolving, right? So I still think the podcast and my content are for agency owners, for advertising consultants, people who advertise for clients, for others. But I also think it's for entrepreneurs, people who are running their own business, have a lot of those unique challenges that we have at uh, running our own business. And man, you know, just because I pull from my own experiences and whether it's as an entrepreneur or not, it's marketing, it's, you know, the, the, creating video and this experience. I mean, it's all kind of, you know, you don't ever want to be one of those. It's like, it has no focus. You're trying to be everything for everybody. I don't really feel like I'm doing that, but admittedly, I feel like I have some kind of unique separate groups that I think I'm talking to. Who are the, who are the people that are leaving comments? You know, do you, are they in the United States? Are they around the world? Is it men? Is it women? Is it young? Is it old? Like, that's one of the ways to, for those that are listening, to get a hold of who it's for. Because at the end of the day, it's like, oh, man, who, is this content for everybody? It can be. It depends on what the, what the content is. So who are the people who 
are are reacting to the content well first of all it is it's absolutely international so i can't just isolate it oh it's just us uk canada australia it definitely is not india india and the middle east even i mean i have a strong following out there too so it's everywhere beyond that i mean it's it's interesting like i don't want to say oh my content is just for middle-aged white dudes right you can't dance you yeah, can't. I, I could dance. <laughs> but it's, it's interesting is it looks like, I don't know, 60% or so, if not more, of, of my audience generally is men. I think I, I outage, I think, most of my audience, though. I think in, it, the largest group is probably men 25 to 35. But even when you say that, shouldn't it? Because I know for me, when I think about the business coaching and the performance coaching work that I do, I am proud of being 52 years old, and I'm annoyed when I see a 23-year-old saying that they're coaching, you know, they're performance coaching. <laughs> it's like, so yeah, I want to I wanna be the guy who is, is way older than my, than my audience. Yeah, maybe uh, a lot of my original audience has retired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I get what you're saying then because ten years ago, yeah, the 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 one the people that were more your age probably went from a beginner or an intermediate status, and through all the years, they became more toward an expert status. And now it's probably more around those that are curious about getting from beginner to intermediate or advanced, and advanced to expert. So it could be that too. Who knows? Uh, who knows, man. Yeah. Uh, I think it's time for a little cheers, though. It's well, your, your, yours went down finally? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Cheers. Glug, glug, glug. All right, so what? The, for those who haven't listened, um, JR is, uh, I appreciate him for doing these because he prepares it all. So I, I go in having no idea what we're going to talk about. So I'm a little scared. But But what are you thinking about today? So, and, and for those that are listening for the first time, there's a part of... I feel like it's improv, the energy of improv where you don't know what to expect, but you know how to continue the conversation. And that's what I feel like this is. So this is a little bit of improv. And I love to throw curveballs for sure. And John can't hit curveballs. So the first thing that shows up for me, it's 2023. And I will share my word of the year. And I'll share a little bit of background on that word of the year. And then I want to know what your word of the year is. Oh. And yes, yes. So slow down. So slow down. So for me, the word is connect. So this year, I am really trying to connect more with myself and my people. So my people with my friends, my family, and you know my clients. And one way to do that is for me to pay a lot of attention to like just being present, you know, just being present and, and developing rapport and comfort. So that's this year for me. And I'm reading some great books and, and absorbing some great content over the last three weeks, which, you know, a little bit, John, as a matter of fact, I did share it with you. Yeah. Um, that that's, that's my learning plan for this year. It's like just to to get better socially to where I'm connecting better. So, I mean, so that's mine. So what, what's what's yours? 
I'm, I'm not going to say mine yet because because I I think I have multiple because I was going to say extend first of all right so extend meaning I've been in my com comfort zone for the last few years and I want to extend beyond that uh, this year because uh, it's things have gotten a little uncomfortable and I need to be more uncomfortable. Um, that said, I mean everything you you said about you know connecting and relationships. Jeez, man, um, it's, it's that's really important. And that I think that's honestly along the lines of extend as well. I just got done recording a couple of podcasts, and it reminds me because I because I do not force myself to have relationships, right? I can be stuck in my office for most of the day, come out, hang out with my wife and kids. And that could be all of the people I've really communicated with all day. Um, and that's kind of dangerous. And But I also know that's bad for my mental health. But it's also bad for business relationships that I can't do it all on my own. Part of it is like knowing that I'm going to have to consciously do things to build relationships and not just like expect that they'll happen. Strangely, that's something that probably comes more naturally to most people, but I'm going to have to work on this here. All right. So I, I love that. And there's something that's showing up for me, and it's a tool for those that want to go out and find it. It's called the 2022 Personal Annual Report. And it's from a blog that I read I love called uh, uh, fs.blog, FS franksam.blog. When you were saying that, they have seven questions around oh, just You're gonna just do this, getting, aren't you? I am gonna do it. So so there's seven questions and it and you inspired me just by you saying what you just said. Because I would tell you, for those that don't know you as well as I do, you hide behind saying you're an introvert. And and that introvert label has you just saying, Oh, I'm I'm not gonna you know, get uncomfortable because I'm an introvert. So I'll just stay in this little introvert circle. So with that said, the the first question or statement that I or question I have for you, when you look at the most successful people, they really look at their year on what's working and what's not working. So if you had to start your life over today from scratch, from scratch, and this could be work life, it could be love life, family life, whatever you want it to be, baseball life, whatever you want it to be. If you had to take over your life from scratch today, what would you immediately stop doing? The thing is, I'm not someone who carries a lot of regret. But, but, but again, you're a coach though. So you're a coach. So if you're coaching, what you're not coaching, this is the first <clears throat> year in a lot of years that you will not be coaching baseball. But if you were talking to a player from last year and you're like, hey, what's the one thing if you had to start over playing baseball? What's the one thing that you'd immediately stop doing? And somebody might say, I'd stop blah, blah, blah. So it's not about regret. It's just about improvement. I mean, I think it's less of a stop doing and more of a doing. I was not curious enough as a student, okay. um, no matter what the level. And I wish I would have taken advantage of some of those times when I did not and uh, didn't take them seriously. 
What, what, so with that said, what's your relationship with reading? As I stand in front of my library, and you and I talk about this. On, so for those that don't know, I, I talk with John on a daily basis between five and 15 minutes each day at the beginning of the day to just line him up. Like line him up if I'm a caddy to a golfer on what's ahead. And if, if John's in a little bit of a dip, to lift him up or if we are in a great space we're trying to innovate a little bit but what as as you as you lean into that again what what shows up for the longest time i was not a reader and i would say the primary reason for that was because of habits i had formed as a student where i really did not enjoy reading i'm also not a fast particularly fast reader which makes it more of a chore uh, I usually have to reread things to, you know, make make a lot of sense out of them, get all the details. So because of that, like, I kind of was proud of the fact that I didn't really read, <laughs> you know. Keeping it um, real ignorant, like Chappelle, keeping it real, well, keeping it real goes wrong. I'm not reading any books. <laughs> and the other thing is, like, you know, in this marketing world, I still have no interest in reading a marketing book. I really don't. I just... I, I see reading as an escape um, from business. And since I'm not really like a natural marketer in the first place, I'm not, I don't get energized by reading a book about being a better marketer. Um, what I enjoy more is just really well-written stuff. Um, some of it could be, it could be historical. Um, I'm definitely, I tend to be more in line with something that's not, that's nonfiction, right? That instead of fiction, just to learn and and learn about life and about history and about um, you know, ultimately society and myself. So that's that's what I I would say ever since uh, COVID, really, right? When I started reading, and, that, and baseball has been one of the topics too. I've been reading about. Yeah. Yeah. So I bring that up because as I was saying that we we talk on a daily basis, the reading is part of of your well being. It's part mm -hmm. of you in doing self-care. So it's a part of you detaching from the pressures of entrepreneurship, the pressures of being a dad or a coach or a husband, and it is a safe space. That's, right. what, that's what I hear when I, and that's why I would try to remind you as I did this morning of like, hey, what's going on with yeah. reading? I definitely connect reading. For me, it's, it's less about um, I need to learn about X, whatever. And it's more about mental health. Um, it's kind of like you're saying escape. So I tie it more to the time of day where like meditating, going for a run, whatever. Um, I tie those, those three things together. I don't see it as, a, as necessarily part of like, uh, my, my learning for business or anything like that. Cheers. So you, you mixed the question up by saying what you stop and start, and I'm okay with that. But how about this? In the spirit of time, in the spirit of time, what do you want to spend more time on this year? I mean, I think relationships. Okay, so relationship building. Because <clears throat> I know for you now, I believe in the last 90 days, you've done more podcasts than you've done all year last year, right? I don't even know if I did any up until I started doing them in like October, November. Um, yeah, and I did two today. My biggest struggle with relationships, and I have a lot of them, admittedly. You have a lot of relationship <laughs> or struggles. I'm telling you, I'm telling Lisa, that's no. his life. 
had a lot of struggles. Look, there, there's, there's, I think there are two separate things here for me, and, I, I, and maybe other people can relate to this. You have just relationships generally, which are kind of hard for me, like when I'm meeting new people, right, um, and being awkward and staying in, in contact with them and, and um, all that kind of stuff. But I think there's a different set of this that's a struggle for me, and that's business relationships. Because on one hand, what I see is business relationships are transactional. But there's stuff that I'm like, I, I can't get on board with, and that that's what I also always don't like about business relationships is they usually start with that. They start with, can you, can you do me this favor or do them a favor? This to me is an amazing tool to get in connection with what rapport building is. If you want to build rapport, you have to care. Right. You yeah. have to truly empathize with what someone's suffering is yeah. and authentically create a, an, an offer. Now, you don't realize this. You've been developing rapport for 10 plus years with people by not asking them to buy anything. I saw you did something with the the with the GPS chat or whatever it was where you were uh, asking or GPS writing a couple chat. words, you're <laughs> typing a couple words, and then all of a sudden yeah. it showed how much you were a resource. Oh yeah, yeah. To, to that because it was like, well, guess what? You're a resource because you've been giving all these years. You've been writing all these years. So that's why all of a sudden the automation is pointing at you so quickly. So you have always been giving by building, you build rapport through giving. And you may, you may not have thought of that. Now, what I believe, if I reflect back to you, you're not an asker. So you don't have a very comfortable level of asking for something back right. or, or just asking in general first. Like you, you're not, you don't, if you were, if the spirit of a, a character trait is resourceful, a lot of entrepreneurs are resourceful. They go into the networks that they have and they have specific requests. And there are people that will answer the phone when they call just, and the, he will, they will, he or she will answer the phone when they call. So that's what it's mostly about. It's not really about begging. And I think that's what you, what you're attached to a little bit that it feels like begging. And I know a lot of people would take your call. I said this to you no. a couple days ago. No, I think it's something else. Because look, I came into this uh, discussion with you today feel pretty good because I just got off of two conversations with people. One I had never met before. One um, in Rich Brooks, who I would consider us at least business friends from years ago. And then I lost kind of lost contact with him. Probably my fault. But there are two really good conversations. And yes, it was a recorded podcast and we talked a little bit offline and whatnot. And like, man, there's, there's a good rapport there. I miss this. It's great. But here's the thing. It's also because of how that came about. Right? It was a more natural conversation. And I feel like just the podcast itself maybe broke the ice. And then we started talking about other stuff. There's so much within marketing in the business world that I just don't trust when someone reaches out and says, can you do this for me or can I do it for you? Because it becomes so transactional to me, not like a, a real 
friendship or relationship. I, I'd rather it start as an actual friendship that, oh, wait, there's a way that we can help each other. Let's do that. As opposed to feeling, and we've talked about this before about being on podcasts. The thing that really turns me off, if anyone wants to have me on a podcast, do not insist that I rate and review the show, that I share it with my email list, that I share it with everybody else. Like I might share it, but don't make it this this thing a transaction. Like and that's kind of the way I feel like feel with business relationships and why I'm so not trustful. That's not a good word at all. What, what, what's the word? It, I'm it's not. At? It's distrust and, and Dis, I, distrustful. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I'll reflect back to you. The idea of you having rapport plus comfort over time equals trust. And, and that's why you're like, hey, people just want you to trust them immediately. They have no rapport with me. I have no comfort with me. And they're begging me to send a podcast to which I don't know is good or not to my entire community. Right. Yeah, you, you shouldn't feel comfortable because you have not developed rapport or comfort or warmth. When you jump to trust, I don't even think it's a trust thing. I think it's rapport, warmth, and, 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 and being comfortable with them. So I, I yeah. will tell you this, I'm going through uh, an exercise with some buddies of mine about looking at our social circles. And there is one exercise of looking at all of the alumni associations you're in. So you have a <laughs> list and it just says circles. I have 34 alumni circles, uh, organizations, 34. <clears throat> and, and it's like, wow, I didn't realize how many networks I'm involved with. You know, and then another exercise is who have you not been in touch with and start reaching out to them? Who's been valuable in your career who you've lost touch with? I love that prompt. So there's, there's, it takes a lot of effort to be social. So, and I think that's for you. I think it's a combination of two is like, how do I become social? And then, oh, how can I reap rewards of business from that versus how do I just create business with strangers? There has to be a personal connection there where there's that trust rapport. I mean, just within the last couple of days, I've got DMs from people who went straight to, hey, I'd love to collaborate with you. I have no idea who you are. Why are we jumping straight to that? Right. I, I just I don't even understand. Like, I understand this approach must work with some some people. But for me, it's like you immediately turn me off. I'm not even going to respond to your message. Like, I have well, no interest in it. That's what the downside of old school networking to me is networking events are a nightmare to me i don't go to them i don't like them because there's no common interest like i know for me what i've done well with is alt mba so as i was an alt mba years ago and the alumni and there's no true alumni association but the fact is when you've completed something together they're your fellows they're your alums so by even having that as a common interest, and if I go to LinkedIn and do an Alton BA search and reach out and say, hey, I was in Alton BA 5, you were in 17, you're here, can I pick your brain? And I get massive amounts of yeses to that. But you sure. gotta have something. You have a common interest or common entry. But that begging a stranger, it, it's a turnoff. Cheers. I think people have to understand, at least for me. And so once again, I, I might be speaking for some people out there and I might be complete speaking, speaking complete nonsense for others. There's a reason why, like, I don't even get into um, affiliate marketing. 
right? So I don't sell other people's stuff and then get get money back for it because I think the results of that is that if you find out, if you know that I get paid for pitching something, for recommending something, you may trust me less in, in you know, the information that I give you. So I've tried to eliminate all that stuff, which also means I don't do a lot of collaborations. I almost never do a collaboration or any kind of partnership because to me, it often feels the same way. Go use this product that this, this friend of mine you know, created and whatnot. And, oh, yeah, I might be getting something as a result of that. And, and I understand that's business and that's just normal. But that's the, the, the struggle I have as, as a personal brand, as an educator of someone who, I'm, who I think I've built up a lot of trust and rapport with that, you know, I, I think I'm pretty pure in my intentions to, to now that, hey, let's have a partnership. So if I ever do have a partnership or collaboration, it's got to be built from friendship up. Yeah, I, I, also, I also think because we've, we've talked about affiliates uh-huh. And the dangers associated with it, like what you just did. There, I know a lot of people who have massive upsides. I know I do for um, a, a platform that helps employees learn the job and continue to relearn it. And, it, and it's one of my buddies, and I recommend it all the time because it's an amazing platform. Now, am I an affiliate? Yeah, but that is an after. Matter of fact, I haven't taken the money out of the account. So you have to go in mm-hmm. the account and transfer it. And I don't know, it could be thousands. I have no idea. But for me, I know him. I know right. his story. I, I know the platform. I use it. Sometimes I think that gets lost in translation when people are saying, well, I'm an affiliate of blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, I don't know how to get that message out there. Because yeah. if, if we could do that... It would lessen the pressure of entrepreneurship. There's a lot of people making some affiliate money. That's the way my business started was some of it. But it was the same thing you were were talking about. It's like, and I made it very clear. It's like the reason I am recommending this is because I used it and loved it first. And then I saw that I could could make affiliate money off of it. And that was it. It was, I think, but that's backwards of what a lot of people do. They're like, they find out they can make money selling something. And they may check out the product to make sure, but their their main motivation is making the money. But it's also just understanding generally, I think just generally, a lot of the affiliate stuff out there doesn't have the purest intention. So it's it's the question of how does that impact your trust? And I, I, I'm probably overthinking it. Yeah, and, and then I'm going to make this really even more messy because through the years we talked about Power Hitters Club having an affiliate program. <laughs> And that, that is messy, 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 messy. And it still is, and we've never really done it. We tried it a little bit and just sunset it because it's just, it's like, it, it's messy. And I look at what entities are doing now. For example, Peloton. Peloton, they have unlimited 60-day guest passes that you can give to your friends. They, I give them out all the time. If they ever sign up, I'm not getting a dollar. But... I love the fact of, a matter of fact, I've given you one just to try it for meditation and running. What's that? I've never used it. Oh, I know. I was going to say, I thought you said I, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. But, 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 well, 
And you say that, but there's part of trying something for 60 days, especially because you're running. You, you should, I told you, you should try it. No. But, but yeah, but just looking at, you know, these membership communities, you know, how do they introduce an affiliate program or how do they introduce a trial to their service? So yeah, those are, those are messy places to go. Yeah, look, I, my, my issue with offering it has always been, okay, do we allow anybody to be an affiliate? Then what's going to happen is they're going to sell it, but they don't have no experience with it. And then now they're making some sort of promises or whatever about the service that we offer that, no, that's not what we do, just to get the money. And then we have to deal with the, the after effects of that. Or even if, this is what we were doing, remember? We required that you be a member in order to be an affiliate. I think even then, we didn't even cut checks. We just gave credits. But even then, when people like just sign up for membership, never use it just to sell it. So, because I understand the business world, I understand the affiliate world, I understand it's it can it's really messy, and there's a lot of stuff out there that's not great. So, on one hand, I just try to control it as much as possible. But if you control it as much as possible, it's not even worth doing. It's it's really what it ended up being. Yeah, you're right. I li- I like that you you brought that old story up because I also remember that idea of like if you have a community that that thrives by the curiosity of its members on trying to get better at whatever the topic is. And then you have a bunch of people that are just in there to refer it in. And then you've lowered Mm. the quality of -hmm. the community because it ends up being all about just getting people through the door, like, like a fast food thing. It's about transactions and it's not about relationship. What if we could just select certain members to be affiliates yeah I, I i like so so when i think of that i think of brand advocates i think of super fans i'm trying to think of that naming convention of let's just say super fans so if we picked five super fans of power hitters club and gave them that opportunity i think it would be the smartest way to try it for sure yeah. you think you have five people well, I was just thinking immediately just be people who like consistently a- attend the strategy sessions. I mean, yeah. That, that, yeah. That'd be a, Cause that's the kind of people we want. Right. Yeah. So, cause they, they'd be those who would recommend it to people and say, Hey, make sure you attend these strategy sessions. Cause they're really valuable. Bottoms up. Yeah. And, and for those that don't know what that is, we've always continued to think about how can we bring people closer together? How can we create more community? How can we get peer to peer coaching? You know, how can we get people to help each other? And one of the ways we did that was creating the space on Tuesdays, on Tuesdays, Tuesdays, to, yeah. yeah, on Tuesdays to get every, to gather, not a meeting, not structured and gather each other and just, in, in Alton BA, we call it collision, to collide, just collide, collide our ideas, collide our laughter, just collide. And I'm curious to say, cause I have never asked you this, how do you think that experiment worked? Because we, we could have done it years before because I was trying to copy it from some of the communities that I was in. And when we launched it, we launched it when we did. But what do you think about it now as you reflect back on, <clears throat> on, on it? Well, it's interesting because I, I believe it's the most valuable part of the membership. Um, and I think those who attended agree. The problem is convincing those people who don't attend that it's the most valuable part of the, the, the membership and that they should attend. 
yeah, I think it's it's one of those things that could grow. And I wish I don't. I'm kind of confused why it doesn't grow more than it does. I, I'll tell you this: I am excited for you to explore this topic of creating deeper connections with people this year, because I believe the more that you learn how to do that for yourself, then you'll have more ideas on how to do it with the Power Hitters Club members. Once you get really comfortable around that rapport building. I got some work to do there. Well, man, I feel like we went a little long today, but uh, thanks for, for joining me and listening to my suffering today, JR. And I'm excited about it, even though we went all over the place. Yeah. I know there's some nuggets out there for people. You know, that, that are pe- there are a bunch of people like you trying to figure out how to connect with themselves, connect with others. And you being vulnerable and courageous enough to share how crappy you are at it, and you're still an amazing entrepreneur, it's like you did it despite being the guy that would go into the world begging and asking for favors and all that stuff. So good on you. So I'm putting this out in the world just so everybody expects it, so I'm forced to do it. I am thinking Wednesdays is when I will be publishing the long episodes. Again, it doesn't mean every Wednesday. Uh, The goal is 20 plus for the year. Uh, But where can they find you, JR? Uh, Always at Backup CEO on any of the platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Backup CEO. TikTok? TikTok, yep. (laughs) JR doing dances on the TikTok? No, you know what? I have not started doing anything with it. I'm just a viewer, but I, I do. Just like some of this stuff, I feel like I should be trying to take some of our snippets and put it out there. So, yep, yeah. on I do feel like there's so many people on TikTok who just follow people. Like, yeah. there are a lot of people who follow me. Like, okay, should I follow them back? And like, they haven't created a video yet. Like, what? Right. So it's interesting. Anyway, thanks again for joining me, everybody. Thanks, JR. Until next time. Do awesome things. I'm out.